On this week's episode of Riding the 3x3, Patrick Fetch and myself, Russ Heltman, dive into all things Cam Newton to the Patriots. First off, how did this come to be? How did we get to the point where Cam Newton is signing for less than $10 million? Lane number two, we dive into some of the football aspects of the deal. How will Cam fit into the Josh McDaniel system? What kind of impact is he going to have this season for the Patriots in 2020? And then we close out the show with a very timely list, our top three Dual threat quarterbacks of all time in honor of Cam Newton finally getting another crack at a starting job in the NFL. All that coming up on this week's Riding the 3x3. You can check us out on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, Google. Give us five stars, throw us a little review, and keep supporting the Riding the 3x3 movement. Dropping into lane number one. On this Thursday, July 2nd, a toasty Thursday here in the Glass City, I'm Russ Heltman, your host, joined, of course, as always, every week by my co-host, Pat Fetch. Pat, how are we doing? There's not a lot of topics to get to, but we have a big domino that fell in the NFL. Oh, yeah. We got a fun one to talk about today, at the very least. I've been sweating all day, though, too, Russ, man. I do deliveries these days, driving a big truck around, getting in the back of a truck. Oh, my God. I was sweating bullets today so i'm gonna echo that sentiment I'm first with you, and man. foremost i'm with you I'm yeah. ice delivery it's uh it's nice when you're in the car or in the, oh, yeah. in the cab of the truck it's nice when the thermo king's cooking back there but when you're actually yes. getting beat down in front of the ice boxes it's not very fun but you gotta grind you gotta grind away to uh be able Salt to get to the paydays down the line pat that's how we're doing and speaking of paydays cam newton received a minor payday, Pat, <laughs> not one that he was necessarily anticipating in terms of value on the contract, but Cam Newton, just like we were all joking about all along, we were all rolling our eyes about all along, he is now a New England Patriot, Pat. $1.8 million base salary. Incentives can juice that baby up to $7 million. It's a one-year contract. He steps in now into that quarterback room along with Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham, the prodigal, the prodigal son, Jared Stidham, who everybody was upping, everybody was pumping up all offseason. Everybody was crunching the film on those preseason games, crunching the film on that pick six, but alas, it does not seem as though Jared Stidham is going to play a huge factor into the Patriots' plans in terms of the 2020 season. But Pat Cam Newton uh, and New England Patriots. It's pretty much a match made in heaven. And the, I, I, I wrote the obituary for the dynasty back on that fateful evening when t- uh, Tom Brady threw a pick six. I want to rip Patriots that one up. Oh, boy. Just cleaning my hands of that one. They're back. They're still kicking. Bill Belichick, Cam Newton. That's a dastardly duo. I'm with you, Russ. I'm happy for Cam. And I, I wanted the Steelers to sign him, right, as like a backup role. Like, why wouldn't the Steelers sign Cam Newton? I just watched Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges play, whatever, 15 games last year. You and, can't but hurt I big was, feelings, Pat. You can't hurt right, Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I guess, whatever. But I was pretty down on Cam Newton all at the same time, though. And I want to pie myself in the face for that right now real quick. Um why did we all just act like Cam Newton's like pedigree isn't just absolutely phenomenal? Why did we just all sort of semi forget that? Like his athletic ability aside, like just his like charisma and his confidence, like the leadership ability of Cam Newton. I mean, and he's got a rocket, a rocket for an arm. I was looking into his stats. The last healthy season he played in 2018, he actually improved his about 60 uh, completion percentage, 60% on his career to 67%. 
in that semi-healthy year. It was a down year for him. His rushing was down and all of that. It was one of the best passing seasons he had had by a lot of advanced metrics. And, like, this whole idea that Cam Newton is going to, like, somehow not going to fit in New England, right? I don't understand this at all either. Like, I get those NBC Boston dudes. Like, they're atrocious, like, pea-brained. But, like, these misguided criticisms that we all throw at Cam, like, that he's arrogant. Well, so is, like, Aaron Rodgers, right? <laughs> oh, he's, like, he brags. That's um, when the uh, the complexion of Cam's skin, I think, starts to yes, play a real exactly. factor in these arguments. Exactly. Matt, because if Cam's arrogant, then then what is Joe Flacco when he was with the Ravens? What is like what, what is, is Aaron Rodgers? Like, what is Tom you know, Brady? Exactly. Like what is arrogance and what's confidence? What is it, it, it he Cam faces I'm with you. Way too much criticism. It's unbelievable that we've even gotten to this point, Pat. The fact that Ryan Pace legitimately thought that bringing in Nick Foles was a better option trading for Nick yeah, Foles. giving up value for Nick Foles. Trading and for taking on that contract. Exactly. Instead of just paying Cam Newton, what would have been, I mean, at that point of the, the offseason. Patriots, the Patriots probably, literally went into the couch in the locker room and dug out some pennies that made it, like, above board. Like, that's all they had to do. So, Ryan Pace, GM of Chicago, what are you doing? Any other team, any other of the 31 other teams, my Bengals included, your Steelers included, now, Bengals, obviously, it's a little bit different scenario, but I'd much rather have Cam Newton backing up Joe Burrow than Ryan than Ryan Finley. Like I the cannot, dude, was, the yeah. dude was horrible last I year. I went to the Bengals Steelers game last year in Cincinnati. That was a matchup of was it Ryan Finley? Is that his name? Yes, versus right. Duck Hodges. Like, what are we talking about? And then June what? 29th, June 30th, Sunday evening, Schefter just drops the bomb that many had thought would be dead all along. Many thought that because the Patriots, Pat, like to um, game the system a little bit with free agent signings, they prefer to sign guys before the middle of June so that they're able to get a full compensatory pick if that signee ends up leaving in the following offseason. But it turns out, even though they've, they've missed that deadline, if Cam Newton leaves in this offseason, they're still going to retain a third-round pick if he leaves in free agency which is something that they lost on the same day as this news all dropped when Schefter also came out with the punishment of a million-dollar fine and a loss of a 2021 third-round pick because of the filming of a Week 14 game between the Browns and my Bengals. That was totally, totally crazy. I don't know what was up with all that. But they, they get the heavy hand coming down on them because they're previous offenders. Anyways, back to Cam Newton and, and how we got to this point, Pat. It's... It really comes down to the fact that teams, I guess, were just scared to give him a physical. Is that what we're relaying here? Because he is 100% healthy. All these workout videos I've seen, the dude is just pumping an iron. And then he went and passed the physical with flying colors in New England. Like, why was this so difficult for all the rest of the league? It's crazy. I don't understand. Yeah, so what, what did we want from Cam Newton? Like, oh, if only you could take one year off and not take any hits and only work out and rehab. Like, too bad you couldn't have done that. What I mean, everything you could have wanted from him. He's completely healthy. He's 31 years old, which is, in reality, like maybe just the start of the prime 
for a lot of great NFL quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. That's when you've understood the game. The you know, game slows down. I feel like a lot of quarterbacks, when they hit this time, like they just see the game at an entirely different level. This is where Ben got much better, where Tom Brady got much better, where Peyton Manning got much better. And so I don't understand why a team like the Indianapolis Colts, like can we bring them up and absolutely destroy the Indianapolis Colts? They just go. paid Philip Rivers $25 million. Philip Rivers is 39 years old. Philip Rivers is terrible at football. He was horrible last year. He threw 20 picks. He was just all around terrible, especially in crunch time when the pressure was on and he had to make pressure throws. His arm is gone. Like, who do you think Paris Campbell would rather play for right now? Cam Newton or Philip Rivers? I personally didn't hate the signing of Philip Rivers because of the continuity that the Colts bring in the offensive line and, and the lack of continuity, obviously, that he had with that Chargers line last year. But I can't defend signing Philip Rivers for $25 million when Cam Newton was reportedly available, Pat, for two, for $2 million. Less than for two. Like, for 1.8, exactly, with the obvious incentives to get up to seven. It's just amazing. He's being paid less right now, Pat, than Chase Daniel. Chase freaking Daniel is yeah. being paid more this season than Cam Newton. So the quarterback room. What are the Lions doing? What are, what are you doing then? Everybody, everybody, every GM in the NFL that isn't Bill Belichick or, you know, whoever, I guess, you know, basically Bill, they all deserve a pie in the face. Every single one of them needs to get dunked in a cold tank and embarrassed and shamed because it's just insane. Tar and feather them. Tar and feather them and walk yes. them down Main Street, people. Do it. Shame. Kevin Clark of the Ringer had a great point, Pat, where he said, if I'm an owner, any owner in the National Football League, I, I call my GM today and I ask, did you make the call to Cam's agent? At least make the call. Did you call to see what the deal was? And if they say no, then I'd strongly consider firing them. Yeah, I'm we right there have, with We have this insanely athletic 31-year-old quarterback. Oh, he's also a former MVP. He also took a team to the Super Bowl. He's won the division three times. You know, maybe we should give him a call because we can get him for literally cheaper than 97 backup quarterbacks in the NFL, 97% of them. Only took two games of punishment last year, was able to fully rehab, is, like you said, 31 years old, is honestly still, I think, at the point where he has 85 to 90% of his physical prowess while also having 10, going into now 10 years of experience at the NFL level. And like you said, Pat, 2018, let's get in the lane number two right now. How is Pat, or excuse me, how is Cam Newton going to fit and thrive and flow in this Patriots offense come the 2020 season? Let's go back to 2018, particularly, uh, I think it was the week nine game against your Pittsburgh Steelers, Pat. I remember vividly watching this Thursday night game. It was a massive matchup. Honestly, one of the bigger games of the 2018 season thus far. Steelers got after it that game. Yeah, they did. And they got after Cam Newton, who was leading the six and two Panthers up in that up to that point. He was in the top four of Bill Barnwell's MVP voting. Like you mentioned, still completed 68 percent of his passes for the whole season following what was a brutal shoulder injury that he took from a hit by TJ Watt in the uh, beginning portion of that game. And teammates, uh, people can hear this on The Ringer's new podcast featuring or focusing on Cam, which is coming out in a couple weeks. But uh, Tyler Tynes, who did the podcast, talked to some of Cam's teammates. And he said they said that, quote, his arm was shoulder was hanging on by a thread, meaning the tendons were barely there keeping that thing up. And the guy still gutted through it. So now he's fully healthy, Pat. He comes into this offense headed up by Josh McDaniels and somewhat by Bill Belichick as well. Where McDaniels, remember the last time McDaniels, Pat, had a 
dual threat quarterback? Do you remember what happened the last time that, that occurred? I don't. Will you refresh my memory? A little Demarius Thomas drag route to the house. I don't think that play Pittsburgh ever happened. Steelers? Are, you, are you sure it didn't happen? I think your memory is something Just different. a little diddly by one Tim Tebow who had a flash in the pan, nice first season in the Josh McDaniels offense, and it all went south from there because the talent just really wasn't able to sustain that system. But I think we're going to see a lot of fun and interesting concepts that McDaniels is going to be able to cook up. And Bill Barmo, who I just mentioned, I think made the best point about all of this in terms of the football acumen, the football um, gym or the football dynamic, excuse me, that Cam is bringing to the Patriots. He's not a replacement for Tom Brady, according to Bill Barnwell. Pat, he's a replacement for Rob Gronkowski. He's a matchup nightmare in Love this that. offense. He's going to be able to, similar to what Lamar Jackson did last year, I'm not saying obviously they're the same quarterback, but similar to what he did last year for the Ravens in terms of becoming another quote-unquote blocker, another guy that the defense has to account for, it's all a numbers game when it comes to the rushing attack in the NFL. And when you can put one more blocker against the defense with uh, one fewer defender against those blockers, you're going to gain a lot of yards on the ground. And that's something that I think we're going to see a lot of from the Patriots this year, Pat. A lot of big 22 personnel sets, two tight yep. ends, two running backs, a lot of three tight end sets, a lot of jumbo packages, a lot of play action, a lot of man-to-man coverages, and a lot of deep balls, I think, thrown by Cam Newton, who still has that cannon. I completely agree. So, yeah, so going back on that one Steelers game, I just want to bring up that like hindsight's twenty twenty. But if you look in the eyes of Cam Newton in that game, one, you can tell he was incredibly injured. And two, you could almost see it in his eyes. Like, I shouldn't be in this game, but I can't let this team down. Like, I cannot, my team cannot afford to go on without me. And it's that leadership. It's just gut. It's just grit and will. And Cam Newton has much more of that than people want to give him credit for. I just want to say that. But I do think you have a great point there. Yeah, I think a lot of 22 personnel. I see what the Ravens did. And yeah, okay, Cam Newton's not Lamar Jackson, but he's still athletic. He's still mobile, right? So if that end still bites, Cam Newton's still going to get 10 yards and get down. And I think it'll be really interesting. Um, first off, I think we'll, we'll, we'll stay on what I think the Patriots will do. I think a lot of James White. I think a lot of motioning with the running backs, a lot of them hopping from one side to the other, running that quick bubble screen. I'm like the one thing Cam has is a rocket and a quick arm. He can get the ball out to the sideline pretty much as quick as any quarterback in the NFL. And that the Patriots love that. Tom Brady was always expected to get the ball quickly. So I think guys like Edelman and, and James White just catching very simple bubbles and slants are going to be huge to that offense because those are two matchup nightmares in themselves. You get them on anyone less uh, flight of foot than them, and they just absolutely torch him. And so I think Cam is going to be extremely successful with just the dink and dunk, and then he obviously has the rocket arm to put the ball 60 yards down the field whenever he needs to. So I I think it's a perfect fit in New England. I think especially with that many running backs, like you saw how lethal he was with Christian McCaffrey, you give him like multiple of those same sort of style running backs, I think he's going to be awesome. Pat, it's very, very intriguing to look at the change from 2017 in Cam's completion percentage, the way they ran that offense, in 2018. So we we know what happened there. North Turner took over, installed a more West Coast-style offense, a lot more timing throws, a lot more quick passing game. And what that did is it really enhanced the confidence that Cam Newton threw the ball with. We know he's got an arm. We know he's got a laser. 
And it seemed like the Panthers kind of fell in love with that laser a little too much at some points in the first half of his career because they just relied on his ability to just hum footballs in the tight windows. And it ended up really hurting his ability to create consistent chain moving plays. And also it hurt him with uh, the interception totals where in 2018, he had a four to one touchdown interception ratio. He dropped his yards per attempt by about two and a half yards, but he increases his completion percentage mightily. And he was a top 10 quarterback in the NFL in terms of passer rating. So all signs to me point to an uptick in his overall football acumen and what he thinks and realizes he needs to do consistently to be the best quarterback that he can be. And on top of that, when people talk about the, the injuries, I don't think they're going to play that big a factor come this fall. Now, of course, a, a freak injury can happen at, at any time. But the shoulder was reportedly completely healthy. The arm strength was apparently completely back, according to all reports from training camp in 2019. And in that season, he didn't. N- nothing happened with his shoulder in terms of him missing 14 of the 16 games. It was the Liz Frank injury that he suffered in the preseason And when you talk about quarterbacks and dealing with Liz Frank injuries, because they don't have to plant and use that foot for so much agility and so much different athletic movement, they're able to come back relatively strong. Like Matt Schaub had an injury to reserve Liz Frank injury in 2011, made a Pro Bowl the following year. Taysom Hill, the uh, the god himself, had a Liz Frank injury in college, cost him most of his entire senior year was able to come back, and what do you know? He's still able to torch the Vikings in the playoffs. So I think the injuries are a little overblown. Yeah, I completely— so it's was just the Patriots, Pat. It's the Patriots. Yeah. They're going to figure it out. I was listening to Mixtape. Shout out that podcast. But they made a great point that why are we still judging these injuries so severely for a guy like Cam? But it's like, okay, like Peyton Manning couldn't feel his fingers. Right, he had he had nerves in his neck damaged, and he went out and still broke records, won a Super Bowl after that. Right, like Ben Roethlisberger just got Tommy John surgery. The Steelers and a lot of their fan base don't seem very concerned about paying him thirty million dollars and letting him lead the team. Right, so ACL tear a couple years ago. Mike Vick was in prison for two years, and he came back and was basically the MVP. So was he the MVP? I think he did win an MVP after that. He he was very close to so. I no, I completely agree with you. I don't think these injuries are going. I think what's going to be very telling is one how safe Cam Newton, how much his game changes. Like he's notoriously been unprotected by referees his whole career, and so I mean we've seen Tom be annoyingly safe getting down, whether it be in the pocket or whatever. So I think it'll be interesting to see how he translates, how he learns from this injury a little bit, or vice versa, and whether he gets that protection from refs when he gets down. Because I think a lot of his career when he was in Carolina, right, he was. Like, shit, if if I'm going to get hit and not get a call anyway, I might as well not slide and, you know, and give my side of this hit, right? And so I think it'll be really interesting to see what kind of treatment he gets from the refs. And also, I feel like it'll be interesting just to see how he plays with the ball in his hand past the line of scrimmage. Because I, I do see, like, he just gets down, he avoids these hits. Like, why can't he play? Why can't he stay injury-free? I, th- I don't see that being an issue at all. When we're talking about these hits, Pat, you namely look immediately to the offensive line and did cam. I I can't even, I can't even tell you one season that cam Newton had a top half of the league offensive line, let alone a top 10 offensive line. Like the Patriots have trotted out for most of every year, the past 20 years they've been on this run. So 
The loss of Dante Scarnecchia, the offensive line coach for New England, does scare me a little bit in terms of the likelihood that they're able to continue that consistent success. But still, man, they're they're they've put the money where the mouth where their mouth is, so to say, with their offensive line this season. Just looking at their guard group, uh, headed up by Joe Thune, they're paying their guards, Pat, six and a half million dollars more total than any other team. And along with that, they signed a fullback, Danny Vital, to replace James Deslin. James Devlin, excuse me, and then used uh, they had a pair of third round picks on tight end. So it's going to be a lot of big jumbo type sets. I can't wait to see what Josh McDaniels cooks up. And then Michael Vick had a uh, comeback player of the year award in 2010, but he was never, never an MVP. Any, any final thoughts on the marriage between Cam Newton and the New England Patriots, Pat? I think they're going to be really good, but I do think the Bills will still win that division. But the Patriots making the wild card, I definitely do expect. I, I really, I'm, I'm bought into Josh Allen. I've made this comparison a lot. I think he's sort of a more athletic, younger Big Ben. Nothing he does when the play is scripted will impress you, but everything he does off schedule will be what's the difference. And he's just like so big and physical. Uh, I like just his grittiness on the field, and I think I think the Bills are going to get it this year. But I don't. That doesn't mean that the Patriots still won't have a very good season. Like I see it both going lane. with yeah. Josh Allen. Very both of them will win double-digit games. I think both teams will win du- double-digit games. So whichever one gets the edge, it'll be interesting to see. Do you think this is a quote-unquote business trip for Cam Newton, or is there a chance that he lights it up this year and they just pay the man thirty mil? Boom! They got eighty-six million dollars in cap space next year. Do the Patriots bet? It's definitely a prove-it year. I mean, I, I, how do you, I don't know. It's all what Bill wants to do, right? He's going to get his new toy finally. He's finally got a new quarterback to play with, but we'll see how it goes. And, I don't know. I have Pat, no idea. Similar, similar to a, another quarterback that is currently residing in the, or he's about to be residing in the Queen City, a very special thing tends to happen when Cam Newton is doubted. He tends to win and shut the haters up. What did he do on a business trip to Blinn College? Oh, just won a national title at the junior college level. What did you do on a business trip for one year at Auburn? Just won the Heisman and the national title. It's just like the best college football player ever. There you go. And then what did he do in 2015, Pat, with freaking Jericho Cotchery and Ted Ginn as his number one receivers? Just put up right around 50 touchdowns and won the MVP. Narrowly missed out on a Super Bowl trophy because of Von Miller. So it's going to be very, very fun. I cannot wait. Praying, Praying for the NFL season, Pat. And you have one last point. You brought up how he's never had a good O line. Like, has he ever had a good any offensive position around him? I guess outside of Greg, you know, Olson, he's had a great tight end. But and I mean, McCaffrey. okay, McCaffrey for a year, and then I mean, was DJ Moore, rookie DJ Moore like the best wide receiver he ever played with? I mean, he had Steve Smith early on, but I mean, still, he's never had great wide receivers. He's never had a great line. He's had he's never had a top ten wide receiver in the NFL. That is a fact. Of them, uh, uh, you can't argue. That. Yeah, if you could, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin maybe was top, maybe was, yeah, no. you're right, maybe top 25, but I think I you could know. argue differently. And then Steve Smith, Steve Smith, you could argue definitely top 25, I think, Fine. in the first couple of years of Cam, but obviously their primes don't match up at all. And some guys that had some very intriguing primes, Pat, that we're about to get into another three by three list to close out this week's show in light of Cam Newton. Being signed by the New England Patriots, we decided to rank our top three dual threat quarterbacks of all time. Pat, I'll give you the floor with your first pick. 
always given me the first pick. It's because it makes me laugh, right. Pat. I got, I've got, I just don't know, I don't know how to list them. Like, I don't know which rank to have them, because, all right, well, for number three, I'm just going with my favorite. Number three is my favorite, Randall Cunningham. I'm so upset I never got to watch Randall Cunningham play in my lifetime that he didn't overlap with me watching. But if you go back and watch some Randall Cunningham highlights, they are just amazing. They're so fun to watch. Just the improvisation, the athleticism. I mean, I love when the quarterback is obviously just the most most athletic person on the field. Like you can just tell. And that's that's what Randall Cunningham is. He's just so fun to watch. He would be probably he's one of those players who I think would be much, much better if he played today than he was back then, just because they didn't know how to cater to how athletic he was. But that's who I'm going with my number three. Probably could be higher, probably should be higher, but he'll be my first. Get this, Pat. Randall Cunningham. Played 10 seasons with the Philadelphia Eagles. Finished his career as the all-time leading rusher among quarterbacks in the National Football League. 4,928 yards on the ground. And he also, Pat, holds the team record for punt total net punt yardage oh, on a I single punt. 91 yards. And he, he booted another one. 80 yards. Hit a Jeez. total of 12 punts in his career. This guy could do it all. Talk about for the brand. <laughs> Pat McAfee would love that. Yes. My number three pick, Pat. It's three to one. Yeah, we're ranking my top three to one. It, it it pains me to do it, but I gotta I gotta have Michael Vick number three on my list. There's just there's just two guys just above him right now in my echelon. But he's an unbelievable talent. Virginia Tech product, four time Pro Bowler. 2010 comeback player of the year had that amazing season with the Philadelphia Eagles after kind of reshaping his image and getting a second chance from Andy Reid and finished his career Pat as the all time leading rusher among quarterbacks right around 6,109 yards. And just previously this past year had Lamar Jackson eclipse his single season record of rushing yards with 1,039. Also put up 36 career rushing touchdowns as well. Just an all-around dual threat talent. And he's a guy I think there was a lot of potential left on the table, Pat. Just from, obviously, the decisions he made. And he'll even talk about it. If people want to get a deeper look at Michael Vick, there's a great ESPN documentary called aptly named Vick on their uh, streaming service right now. And he gets into the fact that he just didn't pay as much attention as he should have to film study, to coming in early, to getting in the, as much work as possible, to being the best quarterback he could be. And I think uh, there, there might have been – we might have seen, I don't know, 10,000 career yards rushing from this guy if he really was able to tap into his full potential. But he's number three on my list. He was my number two, so I can't, I can't hate the pick at all. I mean, he is – pretty much the definition of a dual threat quarterback right mm -hmm. he he is the example that everyone would use i can't think of the term i'm looking for in my head but he's the one and so i would think i i, I can't argue with you i mean yeah the it is it is kind of tragic how the decisions he made it, we never like he was so great we'll never know how great he could be you know he's mm -hmm. one of those players right if he plays 20 years later, he starts his career 20 years later when there's just more focus, there's more attention, there's more resources. Who knows? Who knows? And he was kind of the chosen one already, and it, it seemed to get to his head a little bit coming out of college, being yeah. that number one choice. And you can't me. blame him. I mean, the early 2000s must have been a crazy time to, <laughs> yeah, to be the guy. 
All right, that was my number two. Do you want me to just – you got your number two now? We'll roll into my number two. It's uh, the guy who eclipsed Michael Vick last year, Pat, Lamar Jackson. He's got okay. the MVP. He's got the Pro Bowl appearance. He was an all-pro quarterback last year. He was unbelievable. I know he's only played two games – or excuse me, two seasons. But 36 touchdowns passing, had an unbelievable season on the ground – just incredible 1900 total yards rushing in his career 1206 last year with seven touchdowns average pat 6.9 yards per attempt give a little chuckle for the people out there but an unbelievable number right there averaging almost seven yards per carry they redefined how you play offense in the modern day nfl they're one of the most fun i think sports teams just to watch each and every sunday Not fun when my Bengals go up against them, especially last year at home in the jungle when Nick Vigil was put in a spin cycle. But that's why one of the many reasons why Lamar Jackson is number two on my list, Pat. And he's the Heisman Trophy winner. Can't forget about that. Hey, Russ. Lamar Lamar was my number one pick. We haven't done this a lot, but we did overlap today. But I mean, I leave Steve Young. Off of his top Get three, this is a disaster, people. I cannot believe this. I was, never gonna pick, I was never going to pick Steve Young. Are you kidding me? The third leading rusher in NFL history among quarterbacks, 4,239 yards. The two-time Super Bowl winner, of course, won one of those as a, excuse me, three-time Super Bowl winner, won one of them as a backup with the San Francisco 49ers. It had to be Steve Young for me because of the accolades. He's already in the Hall of Fame, three-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time MVP, and, of course, the Super Bowl championships that I mentioned. Just an unbelievable talent and a great, great clutch performer, Pat. Took San Francisco 49ers to Super Bowl 29 over the Chargers, won that game through a game-record six touchdown passes, and led all rushers, Pat, with 49 yards on the ground, Steve Young's got to be number one for me. Russ, if you put Lamar Jackson and Steve Young one-on-one on a football field, do you think if I know, you gave but, Steve I Young know, one can't. million tries on two-hand touch that he could Lamar ever Jackson. touch? I already put Lamar Jackson above Michael Vick, though, who's the all-time leading rusher. I can't put Lamar Jackson. If Lamar yes, Jackson had won the, if he had won the Super Bowl last year, I think it would have been tough to argue with putting him number one. But until he wins a Super Bowl as the leading rusher in the entire game, i.e. Steve Young in Super Bowl 29, it's 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 good old Steve's. It's the BYU Whatever. Cougars to lose. Steve Young. <laughs> Miffed Pat on that one. I love, <laughs> I love it to close out the show. That'll do it for this week's Riding the 3 by 3 A little bit of a shorter program as we get into the July 4th holiday. I want to wish everybody a safe and happy Patriot Day. It's going to be a lot of fun. going to be a hot one around the midwest so everybody stay cool stay hydrated and stay healthy we'll be back next week previewing some of the upcoming sports coming back at the end of july nba and mlb right around the corner keeping our fingers crossed for pat petch for pat fetch i'm russ Heltman. have a great weekend everybody <laughs>